speak those words that come from you and the Son into our hearts and minds this day, that we may come into a deeper knowledge and understanding of your love and of your nature and of the relationship that you want to have with us. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. From what I said earlier, I think you might understand that it's often been said that Trinity Sunday is a preacher's nightmare. How do you explain the inexplicable? How do you get people to understand what cannot really be fathomed, where reason fails? Where do we go from there? I did wonder if the members of staff had carefully chosen this weekend, you know, to go on the Fun and Fellowship weekend to Kent, but I, I assume that they didn't realize it was Trinity Sunday. But seriously, how do you explain the Trinity? It is a mathematical and intellectual conundrum defying logical explanation. But I think that in itself reveals a false assumption and the assumption is this, that everything about God can or should be fully known and explained in rational or mathematical terms. Otherwise, somehow God isn't real or God doesn't exist. It, it's suggesting that God can always be fully comprehended and pinned down analyzed and rationalized, contained and owned through the workings of the human intellect, which of course is itself a part of God's creation. So to do that is, is rather like analyzing any part of God's creation. It's examining God as if we were looking at something that God has made. I don't think we can do that with God. God isn't an object out there to be examined and studied like some planet or star seen through the lens of a telescope. Nor is God a tiny detail of the creation that he has made that can be scrutinized under a microscope. God is who and what undergirds the whole of creation, so that philosophers and theologians have resorted to trying to define or describe God as the ground of our being. And how can you analyze and scrutinize that? How can you explain what is in the nature of God essentially and at heart a profound mystery? So you see, a different approach from the approach of reason or logic or mathematics is required. And that's why I want to suggest that we use Trinity Sunday to deepen our understanding of God by entering more fully into the experience of God, which is what the Trinity as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is, I think, really all about. So to help us in that task, I want to draw on a centuries-old means of relating to God that has served 
countless generations of praying Christians seeking after God. It's the use of icons, a means of prayer and reflection used predominantly by Orthodox Christians. You may have seen this image before that's going to appear now on the screen. It's known as Rublev's icon and was painted in the 15th century by Andrei Rublev to portray the hospitality of the Trinity. Now, many say that it depicts the three mysterious strangers who visited Abraham as recounted in Genesis chapter 18. But whether it does or not, it has drawn people over almost 600 years to enter into the mysterious and wonderful presence of the Trinity. Most people take the figures seated from left to right to be God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Son and the Spirit, you notice, incline their heads towards the Father, and he directs his gaze back to them. It's been said that love is initiated by the Father, embodied by the Son, and accomplished through the Spirit. What Rublev, I think, is seeking to portray there is a community of relationship within God, a relationship bound together in love. He's not painting a mathematical puzzle, let alone its solution. And in addition to the dynamic of the relationship in the Godhead that's demonstrated in the icon, what is of equal significance is that space in the foreground of the icon between the two figures. That space where you notice on the table a cup is placed. That is done deliberately to enable us, as those viewing the icon and praying to the Trinity, to be drawn towards it and to join in their circle of love at their own invitation. Well, let's see then how that plays out with the three members of the Trinity. Let's think first about the Father. Father is a metaphor that is very dependent for its application on the experiences that we have of our own fathers. In that epistle reading from Romans, Paul spoke about reconciliation with the Father. As Paul goes on there to reference gaining access to the grace of God, he's probably thinking in terms of the temple which was where people sought to access God. Which is strange, really, because the temple system was really designed to keep people away from God rather than encourage them to get too close to God. As God was seen to dwell in the Holy of Holies, right at the center of the temple, the nearer people approached to God, the more they were in danger of being consumed by God's holiness. The holiness of God 
and the sinfulness of humans coming together was rather like the most lethal chemical reaction that you could possibly imagine. But now, Paul says, now we are justified by faith. We are in a state of grace. Paul is saying that now we can approach God the Father. Now we can enter into relationship with him. We can come to the Father who initiates love. Why can we do that now when it couldn't be done before? Because of Jesus. So let's turn to God the Son. Jesus demonstrates the perfect life of obedience to God, which undoes and overturns the disobedience of Adam. The cross is the sign that by his death and resurrection, Jesus has dealt with sin. He's dealt with our sin of human rebellion against God. When I worked here at Central Hall, I had a door pass to gain entry. The pass would take me anywhere I wanted to go in the building at any time. But since I left three years ago, that, of course, that pass became redundant. So now, this morning, I had to wait for the doors to open. They were already open when I arrived, and Judith was very kindly waiting there to greet me. But that's rather like it is with Jesus. Through the cross, Jesus has opened the door for us to gain entry to the Father, where once we were unable to gain access ourselves. As the writer to the Hebrews tells us, Jesus has created a new and living way to the Father. Through Jesus' death and resurrection, he's given a door pass or an electronic tap or swipe card to all who place their trust in him. It's Christ's death and resurrection that gets us through the door and enables us to go right into the very presence of God where previously we just could not enter. This is where God actually wants us to be. This is where God wants us to see and celebrate the hope of the glory of God which we lost through Adam's disobedience. And now there's no fear that we will be consumed by God's holiness because our sin has been taken away. Reconciliation and peace with God then become a reality for us. And as Paul tells us in Romans, this is the work of the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So let's go then to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has poured into our hearts the love of God. Not so that we can understand God better intellectually, but to experience more fully his nature, which is love, and share that love with God and with others. As you enter into the dynamic of that relationship, let that experience enable you to grow not so much in a rational understanding of God, but in an existential and spiritual reality of the presence of God, which has the capacity to transform your life. The knowledge the icon offers you may not unlock the logic of three persons in one God, 
but through entering into that circle of love, you will gain knowledge. Knowledge of a very different kind. And I'm going to briefly say three things about that knowledge that you can gain from the Trinity. Firstly, whatever your experience of your father may have been, God the Father loves you with a constant, inexhaustible, unconditional love. Yes, he loves you, each and every one of you. However you may love yourself, or however others may love you or see you. Secondly, Jesus the Son came from the Father to live and die for you and was raised again to offer you new life. By his death and resurrection, know that through Jesus you are reconciled with the Father. You have peace with God and all your sins are forgiven. It is through Jesus that you pass into the presence of God, where previously God's holiness excluded you because of your sins, but no more. The empty cross, along with the empty tomb, is the pass key, along with that desire to go into God's presence that will bring you eternal life, the life of heaven, the life of being forever in the presence of the living God. And thirdly, the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, sent to us by Jesus from the Father when he ascended into heaven. So know that the Holy Spirit will guide you into all that you need to know because the Holy Spirit speaks only what he hears from Jesus and the Father. It's like having the voice of God dwelling within us to direct our way in life and to lead us on in the purposes of God for our lives. So then, on this Trinity Sunday, I may not be able to explain logically, rationally, mathematically how three persons can still be one or how one God can be undivided as three persons. But what I have come to know about the Trinity is, I think, far more special. Quite simply, it is this. The Father loves me deeply. Jesus brings me into God's intimate presence. And the Holy Spirit speaks God's purpose and direction for my life. I hope that each of you will come to have that kind of knowledge of the Trinity for yourselves as well. And I say that because God is truly on your side. No matter who you are, no matter how you see yourself, no matter how you think others see you, and no matter what you have done in your life, God loves you and wants you to be part of God's life. God wants you to share in that community of relationship depicted in Rublev's icon, the relationship that exists between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God wants you to join in that community as well. So will you? Will you seek to enter into the dynamic of the Trinity and find growing in you the life of God? the life that comes to transform you through God 
who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I pray that you will. Thanks be to God. Amen. So let's respond to that as we sing our final hymn. Charles, 